Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am merely Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter on the other end. We had ourselves, you know, it's interesting, John. We had, I think we had kind of a week that is a real nice uh, microcosm of what it's like to be an Ohio sports fan because, um, so, so LeBron James went to the Lakers by now, you know that, but what, what's interesting is, is I continue to raise my boys in the great state of Ohio and they get attached to players and, and you have to then explain to them that players are leaving or coming or whatever. And, and a year ago, my middle son had to deal with the fact that his favorite player, Kyrie Irving was traded. And that was a tough pill to swallow for him and I remember him crying and then um on on Monday morning as my boys were ready to go to Cavaliers basketball camp they got the news that LeBron James was going to the Lakers and it yeah it's tough it's tough it's a that's a tough pill to swallow for a little kid for a sports fan and we had um we but they play the 2k basketball and so we go to do the we go to do like the roster update, you know, to put Le- LeBron on the Lakers. And my <laughs> oldest son, Peyton, goes, Dad, can we can we not put LeBron on the Lakers for today? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> we can keep him on the Cavaliers for today. But it honestly reminds me, I think, juxtaposed to the last week in Ohio State recruiting on the football side of things. And it, it kind of reminds me of what why Ohio State has the special place, especially Ohio State football, has the place that it does in Ohio sports fans' hearts. Because the rest of the franchises in the state have been wildly inconsistent and for most of the part of the last 30 years or so, wildly disappointing. And have delivered very little in the way of satisfaction or joy um, to the sports fans of this state. If you if you look at the professional sports teams, if you talk about uh, up in Cleveland, the Browns, the Cavs, and the Indians, in Cincinnati, the Reds, and the Bengals, and in Columbus, the Blue Jackets, of those six franchises, there's one championship in the last 30 years. Um, and there's only uh, – the Cavaliers have played in five finals. The Indians have played in – I could be missing, but I think three World Series in the last 30 years. The Reds have not played in a World Series. The Bengals have won nothing. The Browns have won nothing. And the Blue Jackets haven't won anything. So aside from – the LeBron time with with the Cavs, which resulted in five finals appearances and one championship, and the Indians' three World Series, I believe three World Series appearances in that 30-year time frame, you're left with what? Right. Well, I mean, you're the, left a, with Ohio State. Yeah. That's the, that's the yeah. thing. It's the one thing. And this isn't 30 years. This is You, you go back 100 years. It's right. the one thing that shows up every Saturday – and nine times out of 10 makes you feel pretty good about things. Right. And I, I will say this, actually, I want to correct you. It's going to be very pedantic, but it, it actually, I think, reinforces your point. So the Reds did win a World Series in 1990. And oh, that's that right. Was, I, 30 years well, was too much. I should have went 25. I should have went 25. But yeah. that's really their only. I mean, they 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 had a drought uh, not making the playoffs from like 1995 to like 2011. So it was this ridiculous yeah. drought where they weren't like really successful at all, really, in terms of you know going to the postseason. And in that time, I became a huge Ohio State football fan for exactly the reasons that you just described, because yeah. I knew that I could actually enjoy sports by turning on the Buckeyes because I knew that they were going to be consistently good. And again, I you know, I'm still a diehard Reds fan. I'm going to watch them whether they're good or bad, but the point is, is that you're right. Like that's something that people can rely on. What I think is interesting though, and you were talking about, you know, change it. I mean, it's not official till the 2k rosters update. Right. So like, you, know, you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta hold on to that. Right. Uh, 
but what's interesting to me is that you know and again i i love lebron like i i genuinely think he's probably like i I will listen to any argument that says he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Cause yeah. I, I think there's a very legitimate case to be made about that. But as much as I love LeBron, I think it's interesting that because Ohio sports, professional sports have been so bad uh, that people have kind of like said, all right, you got us a championship. You're, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. That's really all you path. need to do. Yeah. Greatest, greatest basketball player of all time. You got us one out of how many years you've been there. That's plenty. Yep. And and people are okay with that. And again, it's not his fault. I mean, he's been playing lights out, doing everything he possibly can. But to me, I think it's just indicative of how bad other Ohio professional sports have been. Uh, that they're, you know, that's pretty much all you needed. You just got to get one, and then you're considered to be like the golden boy for the rest of the, you know, your entire life, which is again justified. Like he's earned that. Yeah. Um, but Ohio sports, the rest of the Ohio sports need to step it up. A little bit is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I think it. You know, it's interesting when you know when you think about LeBron, what what made him tick as a kid, and it was you know he was infamously a Yankees and Cowboys fan, sure. and uh, he wasn't you know a Browns or uh, Indians fan. He was a Yankees and Cowboys fan. Why? Because they they were great. Oh, yeah, and they exactly. were excellent. You know, and they were you know, and, and so if you're a little kid growing up in this state, and I look at my boys, um, and like. Ohio state is, is the one sure thing. It's the one thing that you can say in this state. Yeah, but we've got the Buckeyes. And, and so no, no matter what type of grief they get from their relatives out West or in the South or wherever they have, we have urban Meyer and we have Ohio state football. You know what, you know what LeBron's been completely consistent on too is the fact that he's an Ohio State fan. Like that's the other thing about that that people don't understand. I went to school. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Do you think that that's I think there's some of that, but but I think he's probably an Ohio State football fan. But I also think it's that Ohio State was a little bit of a relationship of convenience for him. Oh, sure. Because when he went to Miami, it allowed for him to still be an Ohioan. Right. Now I don't. I'm not saying it's fake. I mean, I I think that he really. I mean, I saw him on the field in 15 when they won it. Um, you know, I mean, we we saw we know that he's you know that he is that he does love Ohio State football certainly. But there was also th- this notion that he was absolutely going to go to Ohio State had he had to go to college. I, I don't know if I buy it or not. With the when the when you think about Kentucky and Duke and the other thing that things that would have been in play at that time, and and I think that. You know, we'll see if the NBA has a rule like, but when his son, who's going to be an eighth grader, comes due to recruit and play, we'll see if if that's if he's Ohio State or not, because that will be a real a real litmus test at that point. I think I think if Mike Krzyzewski's still around and offers him a scholarship, like LeBron James Jr. is going to Duke. Like that's like, and, and you're right. like, he can't still be coaching though, right? Like even he want to be eighty by then. <laughs> at some point, it's got to be over. I think that's what powers him. I think he's just yeah. like a less psychotic, you know, Bob Knight. I, I just think that's that's how he's fueled. I think he's going to be around yeah. forever. Um, but my, I guess my point with that is, is that I look LeBron's like trying to do the math. I think he's only like three months older than me, and mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, like nominally a Bengals fan, right? Just because of where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, but I got to tell you something. In, in grade school and middle school, I didn't see a whole hell of a lot of Bengals jerseys and jackets i saw a lot of cowboys you know jackets i saw a lot of yankee stuff i saw a lot of stuff you know of teams that were good and and that's there's nothing wrong with that when you're a kid that's what you're drawn to and i I hate 
like Drake's one thing where Drake's showing up and he's a fan of every team that, you know, the game that he's attending, but you know, you're going back and you're looking at LeBron pictures of him, like wearing Yankees hats, when he's a teenager. Like, I don't care. Like that doesn't impact how I feel about him. And I, I think, you know, what he's been able to do for the Ohio state basketball program, um, you know, and going to games and bringing his team and stuff like that, like that means something. And it sucks sure. that he's going to LA, but I don't blame the dude. And I, I think it's a, a really smart step for him at this point in his career. Um, and what he wants to do after basketball. So, you know, I'm, I, I think he has done what he needs to do for the state of Ohio. I think his charity work is unbelievable. And oh, I think Ohio state, you know, Ohio state's benefited from that relationship. And I think they'll continue to benefit from that relationship. I don't think he's going to leave him high and dry just because he's in LA. No, no, I don't think he will either. I don't know if he'll be, you know, coming to Buckeye games on Saturdays sure. all the time, you know, anymore, like he was able to do the last four years. Right. I don't know if that'll happen necessarily, but you know, if it works out, I could see him, you know, I could see him dropping in on the TCU game in Dallas or something right. like that. I mean, you know, I think that is something that potentially he could, you know, he could paratroop into a game like that, but it is, you're right. It, it was a, it's, it was a mutually beneficial relationship between he and Ohio state um, where, I think both got exactly what they wanted, you know, like they yeah. got, he, he got to say like, you know, I, I am still a Buckeye at heart. You know, I'm from the, right. and when I say Buckeye, I don't mean necessarily Ohio state, but I'm an Ohioan mm-hmm. is, is what he was allowed to do with the association. And then Ohio state was able to wear his gear and put lockers of him in their locker rooms for recruiting. And, you know, I mean, that's huge. That's huge. You know, for Ohio state going forward, I'll miss him tremendously because it was, you know, we will never see, you know, in terms of Ohio athletes, he is, it's he's, he has supplanted somebody on the Mount Rushmore, right? For all time Ohio <laughs> athletes. I mean, it's summer, right. so it's Mount Rushmore season. Like if you start doing it, you know, it's Jack Nicholas, it's him. I mean, that, that they're at the top of the, it's Jesse Owens, whoever else you want to say is, is in the conversation, but LeBron's one of the four, you know, he's one of the four. And, yeah. um, you know, so that's a pretty remarkable thing to say that we've seen with our own two eyes i think it's a tremendous you know it'll be just a tremendous loss up in cleveland from an economic impacts impact standpoint beyond the basketball side of things where you know it's going to be a disaster but even the economic impact side of things and it'll have a tremendous impact in the city of columbus as well not just because um of of so many fans you know obviously in columbus of the cavaliers and of lebron james um but also an opportunity for the columbus blue jackets from an interest standpoint to really capitalize if they can have a good summer with panarin and bob and how this all goes you know they because the Cavs dominate the blue jackets in columbus i mean it's not close the ratings are not close i mean it's dominant and so um with without lebron in cleveland though the cavaliers i mean the blue jackets have an opportunity to really jump into that into that vacuum a little bit. And so too does Ohio state basketball. If Holtman can, can get it rolling a little bit, you know, cause you think about where does your, all of this is a battle for your attention and where did your attention go? You know, now that there's an open slot, where does it go? I mean, Ohio state basketball has got a chance and the blue jackets got a chance in the city of Columbus and in the state of Ohio um, there, there will be a void now that, that will go through the winter months without Cavalier basketball to, to take your attention for six months out of the year and all the way through spring. I mean, hell, every time he, the last four years, they played in the finals every year. So, well, you know, the state was enthralled with him right. from, you know, from January until June every year. And so I agree with that to an extent. One thing that I will say, though, is that I think the issue or the difference, I guess, is that people turn into a Cavs game who may not be huge basketball fans because of LeBron. 
I don't yeah. like I agree that there's going to be a vacuum there, but I think the only way to truly fill that kind of vacuum is to have another LeBron type player like the, the you know, the Blue Jackets can step in Ohio State basketball can step in, but that's not going to be a cross-cultural thing where if you're not super interested no, in hockey or basketball you're going to tune in like you need to have a it's guy the sports like fan it's the sport right. fan void the right. sport fan void over the last four years in the state of ohio when when i say state of the i can't speak for cincinnati i've never lived down there and sometimes <laughs> i feel like it's in kentucky so i can't speak for them it's close, it's when close. i talk about from columbus north yeah um you know that's the, when i say state of ohio that's what i'm referring to they have collectively chosen over the last four years Cavalier basketball and LeBron James. The sports fan has. You're right. It's crossed over culturally. People who don't even pay attention to sports paid attention to the Cavs. Um, but the sports fan has chosen that too. So you're right. It's not – there's no – like Columbus Blue Jacket hockey is not capable of crossing, you know, cultural barriers. Yeah. Like no matter what they do, it's really not going to rever reverberate anywhere beyond 270 and it's not going to reverberate anywhere beyond hockey fans. It's just it's a too tough of a sell. But Ohio State basketball potentially could with with a big, you know, with big runs. I mean, there, there's a chance there where they could really have where they could really resonate. So I, I do think there's a vacuum there that can be filled. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I want to see I, I really want to see what's going to happen next season for Ohio State basketball. I'm probably more excited even for this season than I was for last season, just because my expectations were so low for Ohio State basketball yeah. last year. Um, but man, I, I'm, I'm all in on the Holtman experience. And I do remember, you know, I was a student in 2006 and, and all that time when, when sure the buzz was unbelievable around the program. And I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't just a student thing. That was a whole Columbus no. thing. Like that was, a that was a state deal. of Ohio thing. That Not was a state of Ohio thing. And the reason I know was, it was is because it absolutely was. And I'll tell you why, yeah. because my wife's dad does not give two cents of one damn about Ohio State basketball, but I'll <laughs> never forget in 2006, I covered that Final Four from the Florida side. I'll never forget him and like all of his buddies like tr asking me to see if I could get tickets to the Final Four. Right. Like they were all in. And they had yeah. no, they'd never watched an Ohio State basketball game since Jim Jackson. But right. they were all into that. So that did cross. That was a state of Ohio thing, I do believe. And what will help that, and, and this is where Holtman and, and, you know, Gene and all these guys are getting really clever, is scheduling games against Cincinnati, sure. expanding down there. That's what you need to do, and, and that's going to really help you, I think, kind of continue some of that enthusiasm. Because you're right, if there are people who have been, uh, you know, basketball fans are a little bit lost in the woods, and they came to the Cavs again once LeBron came back, and they won the championship, they want to see a winner. That's going to help them stay basketball fans in the state of Ohio, is if you can kind of expand it a little bit, go on some runs, uh, do some interesting things in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, the, the stuff on the court's been great. Everything off the court, though, in my opinion, has been perfect since he's yeah. gotten here. And I'm excited about that. And I hope they, like I said, I hope they still find a way to incorporate LeBron some way. I know that's going to be difficult. I know it's, it, he's got a whole other thing that he's focusing on, but um, it would be kind of sad to lose that completely. I guess I don't expect him to be nearly the presence that he used to be, but it would be cool to have a little bit of that left, I guess. I would agree. I'm the um, same way. I don't, I don't want to delete that name off 2k, man. I want to keep that little, oh, was, a little bit. Just hanging Dad, can around. we leave LeBron? Dad, can we leave LeBron on the cast? Yeah. Yeah, son, we can't. You can keep him there. <laughs>
That's fine. <laughs> um, you know, to further uh, prove our point home, I guess, you know, what Urban's been doing over the last two weeks uh, is just crazy, but it's, it's what we've come to expect of him. I'm not really surprised with anything he does in recruiting. Last week on the show, we talked about Dwan Mathis, the flip from Michigan State. And then this week, he gets a four star quarterback out of Arizona, Jack Miller four-star quarterback top 50 player in the class in 2020 he goes to one of my favorite high schools i've been on sort of you know paying attention recruiting for 20 years now and uh, chaparral i just think that's fantastic oh, yeah. like what a great name for a high school and it seems like they have a lot of kids who come out of there and are really good football players so it's a football factory um you know look i, I i'm not going to get i don't want to waste too much time on these quarterbacks because we wasted a lot of time talking about emory jones <laughs> and he never played so like you know like this is so far off like this kid who knows what could happen this kid could change his mind to usc at the you know in february of you know 2020 so i you know it looks good now and my guess is urban will have it covered one way or another but um the the bigger issue the bigger thing i think in one in terms of a trend is the paris johnson signing out of cincinnati the saint x kid because what's interesting to me is is how urban has put a lasso around the gcl and do i think we talked about this last week as well or maybe that was somebody else who was a dayton guy who i talked to about that i'm trying to think no 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 it wasn't we it was on my radio show down in columbus we talked i talked about it on friday but how urban is really now owning the city of cincinnati's best players and that was something that wasn't done uh, a whole hell of a lot during any of the other coaching tenures at Ohio State. And Urban really owns that town. And I think it started with the, the hiring Kerry Combs and it's gone from there. But this is nice to be. I mean, that's I think that's the best football league in the state. I'm sure, that'll upset some people, but it's it seems like it's got the most talent, the most state championships and all those things. And so it's nice to have kind of, uh, you know, a little perimeter built around Cincinnati and the GCL. It's incredibly important. And. So what's interesting about the GCL is, so when I was in high school, I went to a Catholic high school in Southwestern Ohio and the school that I went to was not in the GCL at the time. It was in a, something called the mid Miami league, which no longer exists. Uh, and I believe, I think they're in the GCL now, actually they, they routinely get the crap whipped out of them, but um, they, they play against like the St. X's and some of these other teams and the and Roger Bacon's and all that. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like the, the, the quality of talent in that league is excellent. The greater Catholic league is really, really good. And they've also, you know, shuttled a lot of kids out to places like Notre Dame and some other places that have more attachment. I think, I think a lot of it is, is cultural uh, in terms of like Catholicism. I, I think urban being named urban actually helps. Mm -hmm. uh, people may not believe that, no, I, but I, I agree. swear to you, like that matters to some people. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. It's a tough nut to crack, and it definitely looks like Urban Meyer and his staff have been able to do it a little bit. And that's cool to see because that will help them enormously in the future. And, again, like Southwestern Ohio is, is kind of a different thing. And to be able to convince kids that they should go to Columbus and convince their parents more you know, pointedly that they should allow their kids to go to Columbus is kind of a big deal. So I think that's really cool. And I hope they are able to continue it in future recruiting classes. Yeah, that's more than just, you know, a one-off trend or something like that. It's, it's it's far more to do with, you know, really his his since he's been in Columbus, just really putting I mean, I think all Ohio State coaches probably put an emphasis on that league, but but meant yeah. very few had the success that Urban's had down there. So look, this is that's big, that's a big deal. And and so that that's good to see. I mean, I again like you know. We're so far away. We do a thing on my Columbus show, thing or not a thing, like with all these kids signing. It, it's not a thing individually, but as as a as an overall overarching theme, it's a big thing. 
because it, it tells you just how successful Urban is as a recruiter and and where he's recruiting and how he's getting players. So it this is fun and it's a, it's a good time to be a buck. I will see if these how many of these kids actually end up signing on the line, which is dotted uh, when it is time because we're a long long ways before before that before we come to pay rent on that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we will uh, we will hit you with some ask us anything before we do that, though. We want to encourage you to visit 11 Warriors with a dry goods store for shirts, hats, stickers and more dry goods dot 11 warriors dot com. In addition to that, if you would please follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter, rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Time for ask us anything. It is a this is a summer pop up podcast. We do these a little differently because, you know, it's July. Give us a break. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's time for some Ask Us Anythings, and I believe we have some, my man. The sh- the we floor do. Uh, if you guys would like to ask us anything, you can send us some questions. You can send it to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. This one's from Tyler. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, I, I really like the intro to this question. It's kind of lengthy. I'll, I'll make it a little more concise, but I will read the intro here. I came upon a horrifying realization this week that the best college basketball comparison to Ohio state football was none other than Kentucky basketball. <laughs> and yeah. it says that the parallels include a wildly successful and historical program with a fan base that most of the rest of the nation hates. Uh, despite being one of the top two or three teams in the country and completely dominating the conference, they only have one national title to show for it. Um, a head coach whose best traits are winning and getting guys to the professional leagues. And let's see, no signs of slowing down unless the head coach jumps to the pro leagues, which is often a reoccurring rumor. So do do we agree with this? Do we agree with this assessment that Ohio state's best college basketball analog is Kentucky? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kansas, Kentucky or Kansas, uh, either one. I mean, I think both work. Um, I'm cool with the Kentucky comparison. You know, it's funny because, um, my oldest son just loves Kentucky basketball. I think I've said it before. I just loves mm-hmm. it. So I guess it's appropriate that those would be the two teams he loves because they're basically, basically the same in each sport. Um, I think there's, I think there's certainly times when you look back at Kentucky, I mean, you could, comp- if we want to take this down the road, you can take it a long way down the road because if you think at some of the Kentucky teams that Calipari, like Calipari took a 40 and O team to the final four and lost to Wisconsin. And you think about Ohio State in 2015 and yeah. losing to Michigan State. Um, there, there's, there's a Calipari had another team play for a national title, and Urban, you know, had, had the loss to Michigan State in 2013. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of parallels there between the two um, when it comes to talent. And, and by the way, I, I mean that as a compliment because there's, there's nothing to me. I love the history and the lore of Kentucky basketball. I mean, I think, I don't think that, the, I don't think that's a slight in any way to be compared to Kentucky basketball. Well, I, I think I agree with you. I think it's an excellent comparison. I would also add that you've got a lot of people who leave, you know, for the drafts mm-hmm. of their respective leagues. I think that's another yeah. comparison that you could probably make. Um, and then maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe they haven't lived up quite to the hype. Maybe you, you would expect to see maybe one or two more national championships other than just the one. Um, it's it's very difficult in both leagues to do that. But I, I also I was intrigued by the fact that he said that they're hated by other fan bases because I don't think there's the same animosity with Kansas as there is with Kentucky. I think a lot of people don't like Kentucky. And I think I know yeah. I know a lot of people don't like Ohio State. So I think that actually just further reinforces that. Um, I think it's because Kentucky's more of a threat to everybody else than Kansas and Ohio sure. State's more of a threat. I mean, Kansas might be I'm trying to think. I mean, I can't really think of a Kansas might be more like Oklahoma 
yeah. maybe that's the better match for for Kansas. Where I don't know if everybody hates Oklahoma football. I think I think look, you hate. It's just like when we talk about a rivalry, like somebody has to take something from you in order for you to hate them. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky's taken stuff from a lot of people. And so is Ohio State football. So I think there's some of that too. Plus, I mean, I think, look, we love Urban, but a lot of the country might not. I mean, I'm sure he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. So, I mean, it's a lot yeah. like, I know he does, in fact. So it's a lot like Calipari with Kentucky. Like you love him when he's your guy, but when he's not, you know, he's easy to dislike. Yeah, I think the mercenary nature of Calipari and Urban, at least the perceived mercenary nature uh rubs people the wrong way and they and, and look urban's i mean he could say at ohio state for another 10 years and people would still say like oh he's just gonna jump to another job because well, the florida the people still hate him i mean most florida I know. most florida yeah. fans really still dislike him over the way he left down there so yeah right. that's true so uh yeah that's that's a really good comparison i think that's that's a good question uh next one here this is interesting um, I'm going to add to it though. Uh, this is from uh, QD uh, on Twitter. What was the worst question you were ever asked in an interview? And I'm going to add to this, Bo. What is the worst question maybe you've heard asked, like especially like a post game presser or something like that? Oh, without geez. calling anybody out specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yes, um, I, I, I don't, I can't think of anything specifically. One thing that I that is always makes me cringe in a post-game press conference, and I've seen it happen at Ohio State, and I've seen it uh-huh. happen in the NBA Finals, is when a writer who clearly has a limited understanding of the sport attempts to go down an X's and O's conversation with a coach, specifically, more than an athlete, because most athletes just kind of will play along. But right. I've been in locker rooms and in press conferences where the, co- where the coach, like I remember Steve Spurrier just lighting a guy up on fire lighting them on fire and so those are the ones that make me cringe i can't think of anything specific in like a post-game interview situation that's that you know i've been like oh. i mean there's been a lot of them there's a lot of silly stuff that you're that, that these guys get asked um but there's some real cringeworthy stuff i think one thing that's that is that is oftentimes gets a negative reaction and makes it seem like for example there are times when you have to ask a card question and oh, sure there are very few reporters that are willing to do it like you have to have stones and you have to have credibility with the coach because you can burn a bridge forever. Um, but like, for example, in 2015, when in the post game press conference after Michigan state, when Zeke said what he said, somebody had to ask urban about that. Right. Right. You have to. I don't remember who my guess. It was either. I wasn't in there, but my guess it was either Doug Maurice or Tim may, maybe Steve Hellwagen would have been the people who would have done that. Um, but just from my tenure there, those are the people that clay hall probably would have asked a question like that. But you, you, there, those elicit negative reactions sometimes from coaches, but are fair, hard questions. There's a difference between that and just, and then just being way out of your depth asking a question, and that happens right. a lot. Out of the depth, over and and in that case, it's it's best to not. I think sometimes there's pressure on young reporters, especially to to have heard their have their hear their own voice, mm-hmm. and so th- that tends to be where the problem is. Well, I think, I mean, cause you're right with the question like that, especially in a situation with, you know, Zeke talking about, you know, what the coaches should have done after the game and whatnot, you have to have a certain amount of gravitas to be able to say, or to ask that question. Like mm-hmm. the guy from the lantern can't ask that question. Like he can, and he should, like it's part of his job, but he's yeah, not it's hard get, though. It's really hard. And you're not going to get the really same kind of like, you know, feedback that you would, if you're Doug Lee Maurice. Um, no. and, I will say that just at 11 Warriors, like building that credibility has been a grind. Like over the years, yeah. to be able to 
go from the okay you're just a little blog you're just asking us little questions to yep. please take it seriously we have actual professionals on staff who know what they're doing they deserve to have their questions answered that's a hard thing to do to build that respect it is um, i would say so I, as far as some of the questions that have been asked i i think I, I can't think of any really specific ones, but I was thinking about this. I wonder, because I know uh, beat writers cringe when we do this either on purpose or inadvertently or we hear it from someone else, but it's the the talk about, right? Like nobody likes to talk about. That's lazy. And it is lazy. But my question is, do you think that people who are watching, like casual listeners, like people who are consuming, do you think that bothers them as much as no. it bothers people who write? And no, I think questions? that I just think it's easily preventable. Right. I think I think talk about is just lazy. Like any of those things are I think anytime you just make a statement, it's lazy. Like I don't understand how you can't come up, just do it in the form of a question. Sure. Like, just take the exact same thing, but have the mental wherewithal to just change it to a question. Right. I, I, I think I, I do have a problem with that because you should be able to ask somebody a question. If you do something like that, and the other thing that's a real trick to asking questions in a in a post game, especially anything really is is phrasing the question in a way so that it can't just be a yes or no answer mm -hmm. because urban urban picks up on that right away you listen to an urban gay meyer post game especially if he's pissed off and if there's an opportunity for him to say yes or no he'll take it like he'll yeah. take it you've got to make sure and then people like he'll you'll do a, I've, I've seen this a million times somebody will ask him a yes or no question he'll go yeah and they go care to elaborate and he goes no <laughs> so like you've got that's part of the job like you just can't be a stiff, you know, right. you've got to, that's part of it. There should be an expectation for you to ask intelligent questions. They shouldn't just let anybody in there to do it. And that's why they went, that's what we went to college for. If you're journalism, that's what you went to college for is to ask questions that make sense, uh, that are, that have purpose and ha that are pointed and, and that elicit responses. That's part of the job. Yeah. I just remember, so this is before we had beat writers and then I, I was, uh, sent to one of the games to basically function as their beat writer actually I did it twice and i think it was the eastern they played like eastern michigan whatever it was coached by one of those former you know michigan coaches under like lloyd or something and they they beat him by like 70 points some insane horrific beat down and the thing is though is that eastern michigan scored like 25 or 27 points and the defense really hadn't played amazingly well the only reason why you know it was such a laugher is because they couldn't stop the offense um, and so I remember Jim Haycock coming out and he didn't seem like he typically, you know, gave himself this much kind of media availability after games, but you know, he was kind of just waiting for people to ask some pointed questions. And I was just, I was just hanging back. I wasn't about to like get in Jim Haycock's face about at that yeah. point, because I was just freaking out being there period. Um, but you could tell that like you could tell the difference between the reporters who were willing to engage with something like that and address something like that. And guys who like me maybe didn't have the wherewithal to do it yet. And I think you just have to have the understanding that like, if you're willing to do that and engage, you should do it, but you better be ready for it um, because they literally are trained. These coaches and these players are literally trained to not answer anything and to give bland answers and to try to be evasive. And you've got to be able to get around that. So not being able to do that means maybe you shouldn't be asking those questions. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this is kind of related to it. This is our last one here, and this is just for you, Bo. Uh, do you you can tell us as much or as little as you want, but you've, you know, you've alluded to this. You've made your reappearance in Columbus Radio. We're really happy about that. I think it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks, how and why did you end up coming back to Columbus Radio? Um, 
Well, so uh, Reader's Digest version, we, uh, when I, when I moved up to Cleveland, it, one of the things that I moved up to do was to work and work for my wife's dad in several of his businesses. Part of some of it was commercial real estate, which I still do. And the other factor of it was, uh, the family furniture store, which had been around for 97 years. And, about a year ago, uh, her father and I, uh, looking at the brick and mortar landscape of the good old Americana, said, "I'm <laughs> not sure that this is a this for the amount of time we're putting into it. I don't know if we're going to get out of it what we're putting into it. So maybe it's time to look to, to retire this." And so we moved towards that end. We um, when uh, we did a retirement sale last fall in the Parma area, and then we um, sold the building. And, and away we went. And when that happened, I, other opportunities started to come my way. And so the way that my days used to be split was about, you know, 40% on the furniture side, 60% on the commercial side. And so 40% of my day opened up and I thought, started looking into things that, that I would be interested in. And one thing that was one of the great, you know, thrills of my life and something that I always enjoyed was obviously my time in Columbus and media, but also working for the Wolf family. And so those op that opportunity kind of came about a little bit out of nowhere. And, um, and when it did, I, I never, you know, I don't know that I ever envisioned that this is how this whole thing would go, but it did. And one, one thing from it, and I'm thrilled to do it with James Laurinaitis. That was another big part of it. There's a lot of factors that led to it. Um, some of the details, you know, probably best not shared, but, um, there was, it was something where the opportunity was there and it sound, seemed like a lot of fun and I loved covering James and I thought we could do a good radio show. And so I, I feel like we're trying to do that and, uh, it's been great. And I, you know, I love being back on the fan and it's, it's been a, it's been a fun thing and I love hearing the reaction from the fans to be back. So, um, look, it's a blast to do sports talk radio in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, it's as good a town to do it as anywhere because you, uh, not only do you have the Buckeyes, but you have all of these ancillary things that you can, you know, kind of paratroop in on and, and talk about from time to time. So, uh, it's, it's been great to be back and I'm thrilled to be back. And, um, I guess that's the, uh, sort of reader's, reader's digest version of it. Yeah. I would say that, uh, Columbus sports radio is, is much better with you on it. Um, oh, thanks. I'm really yeah, glad to have I you back. That. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, 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 been it, it's been fun. It's been fun to, to do again. And I, you know, I can't wait to do a football season. I'll tell you like Laurenitis is great. I'm yes. shocked yeah. I mean, for a guy with no radio. I mean, like, no, he just jumped in and away we went. I mean, he and I didn't do a, we didn't do an audition show or nothing. Like we just, um, it kind of came about and we started doing shows and it's, you know, we're kind of learning it on the fly and getting a rhythm on the fly, but it's, it's working out pretty good to this point. Cool. Uh, all right. That's ask us anything. Please continue sending those in uh, the weirder, the better. I actually got, we had a, um, I think we had a question last week about a guy uh, who wanted to, uh, or no, I, I was, I was talking about my honeymoon and oh, I yeah. actually got a DM uh, about a guy who's going to be taking a similar trip. So if, if you want any more advice about the Alps of Switzerland or, you know, the wonders of Florence, I'm, I'm happy to provide what well, incredibly that's really valuable though. I mean, that's, you know, to get first, I, I see that all the time. Like if, if I find out somebody went to a place I want to go, I want to oh, know yeah. what to do, what not to do. I mean, that's huge value Absolutely. in that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Very good. So that's Ask Us Anything. Keep sending those in. All right, buddy. That is Ask Us Anything for this week. And that's the Dubcast for this week. We will be back next week for more fun. Until then, my friend, I will talk to you next week. Yep. Talk to you next week.